The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. 2 Peter 3.9 Greetings. Welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean. Website is scriptureandprophecy.com. That's where you go to find the archives, and that's where you go to support this mission of truth. Today we are resuming our study in the Gospel according to John, and we're ready for chapter 5 this morning. Today's reading deals with the Pool of Bethsidia. Uh, So we have the story of the man who was at the Pool of Bethsidia, for a very, 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 very long time, he's, he's a crippled man trying to get healed. And then finally, he has an encounter with Christ. Unfortunately, that encounter leads to the Pharisees throwing a hissy fit uh, because Jesus would break their rabbinical law, not the actual law. And then we have a fairly lengthy conversation, uh, verse 19 through 46, I believe of Jesus uh, uh, speaking to them. So that are through verse 47. So that is what we are looking at this morning. I pray that these words pierce your hearts and that that, uh, this reading would cause many of you to draw near to our Father. Let's begin King James Bible. Gospel according to John, chapter 5. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Beth Atseda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. Please note. First off, the very first sentence is, After this... There was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now, if you've been listening to my podcast very long, you understand what these feasts are. Uh, But if you haven't, um, I recommend that you go to my website, scriptureandprophecy.com, go to the teachings tab, and under there is biblical feast days. Real quick, I'll just give a real short rundown. There's seven feasts. They all point to Messiah. As an example, Passover is the feast of Passover. Jesus came and he died and he bled and paid the price of your sins on Passover and literally became the Passover lamb. Uh, We just studied Sukkot not long ago, the Feast of Tabernacles, uh, where the Jews, which I don't even like saying Feast of the Jews because it's really Feast of Israel. I don't think Feast of the Jews is a correct way to say it because Israel is made up of 12 tribes, not 
just Judah, where the Jew comes from, but that's for a whole another debate. Anyway, three of the seven feasts you're required to sojourn, and even in the kingdom, according to the prophecies, the feast of Sukkot, the feast of tabernacles, will be still be required by the people to keep. Again, go listen to and read the uh, material I've already uh, published on this. Long story short, there's three uh, where they were required to sojourn and actually go to Jerusalem, Passover, uh, the Feast of Tabernacles, and the other one would be Shavuot, Feast of Weeks, or what Christians know of as Pentecost. Again, an example of another feast that was fulfilled literally. A few chapters ago, Jesus and his disciples went to Jerusalem to, to observe the Feast of Passover, which means we're very likely talking about the Feast of Shavuot or Pentecost, as which you would know it as, the Feast of Weeks. So they traveled to Jerusalem because Jesus obeys and fulfills the law perfectly. Okay? People think that, he's, that he disobeys the law. He never breaks one single commandment. So they come to Jerusalem for the feast. What's interesting is that the scripture tells us that in Jerusalem, there was this pool known in the Hebrew tongue as Beth Asada, uh, having five porches. And around that pool laid a bunch of impotent folks, uh, people who were blind, people who had uh, withered limbs, um, issues of that nature. What's interesting is verse 4 says, For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. And whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of whatever disease he had. Notice it doesn't say people thought that an angel stirred the water or that it was believed that an angel stirred the water. It says there was an angel that stirred the water meaning this was, this was for real happening and people were for real being healed. But, you, but the strange thing is you had to be like the first person into the pool. I didn't, I didn't say I understood it. I just said this is what was happening. You know, we live in a time where we worship science, um, which is, for the most part, not even really science. It's many of the things are called science that actually have no scientific relation at all. However, we live in a culture and in a world that worships science, worships technology, and because of our lack of faith, and because of our... I really think that this is the reason why we don't see these crazy spiritual things anymore. I think there's probably corners of the world where you do see these crazy things and you hear about people who go on missions and they experience things in the, in the spiritual realm that they never would have expected to experience. They see healings and miracles, but you don't see them amongst modern society. And I think it's due to a lack of faith and those kinds of things. This probably wasn't a strange occurrence to the people of that day. It was just commonly known. There's a pool. And every once in a while, an angel comes down and stirs the water. And if you get in there, you get healed. Okay. 
Let's continue on. Verse 5. And a certain man was there, which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. Please note, it doesn't say that he was born with it. It doesn't say he was born with the infirmity. It says that he had an infirmity for 38 years. Check this out. Verse 6. When Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he saith unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? And the impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another person steppeth down before me. And Jesus saith unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made whole, and took up his bed, and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. Take a minute, friends. Don't gloss over this story just because you've heard it a thousand times. Put yourself in the story. This man for 38 years, nearly 40 years, has been in this condition. Who knows how long he's actually been at the pool, but it's been a really long time. He makes an attempt to get in the water stirs, and he makes an attempt to pull himself or drag himself across the pavement, trying to get there. But of course, there's other people with problems, and they're getting in there first, and year after year, he can't make it into the pool, and no one will help him. At this point, he's probably lost all hope. Jesus shows up and says, do you want to be healed? Which sounds like a ridiculous question. And the man says, there's no one to help me. Every time I try to get in the water, someone steps over me. And Jesus just says, take up your mat and walk. And imagine after 40 years of this, you've given up. There's no hope. And now you can walk. Now everything has been healed. It says, and immediately the man was made whole when he took up his bed and he walked. And on that same day was the Sabbath. Now listen. They're there for the feast, probably Shavuot or Tabernacles, but probably Shavuot. It doesn't matter. This may not be the Sabbath day, say, Saturday, right? Friday evening to Saturday night. What this probably is, is it's a high, it's a high Sabbath, a highly regarded Sabbath because it's on a feast day. It could be in the middle of the week. But you're not to do any work, right? According to the law. And it goes out of the way to make sure you understand that it was the Sabbath. The Jews, therefore, verse 10, said unto him that was cured, It is the Sabbath day. It is not lawful for thee to carry thy bed. He answered them, He that made me whole. The same said unto me, Take up thy bed and walk. Then asked they, What man is that which said unto thee, Take up thy bed and walk? And he that was healed was not who it was, for Jesus had conveyed himself away, a multitude being in that place. Afterward, verse 14, Jesus findeth him, the man that had been healed, in the temple, and said unto him, Behold, thou art made whole. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come unto thee. There's a part of the story that we typically leave out, don't we? 
If you read Charles Spurgeon's commentary, he suggests, well, the man was probably hurt or uh, became that way due to some form of sin. Jesus heals him, and then he warns him, stop the sin, lest something even worse happens to you. Friends, sin comes with consequence. What you do matters. Your actions matter. You've all heard me say my favorite saying a thousand times, actions matter because they demonstrate what you truly believe. Jesus doesn't just say, you're healed, go on my child. He says, don't continue in your sin. And don't think for a second that God's not saying that to you today. What you do matters. Your actions matter. And they have consequences for the future and for this moment, and for the kingdom. Behold, thou art made whole. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come unto thee. And the man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus which had made him whole. And therefore did the Jews persecute Jesus and sought to slay him because he had done things on the Sabbath day. Notice that they don't care that that this man that they've probably seen laying around for the last 38 years is now walking. This is how pathetic these people are. They're not actually interested in the things of God. They care about their power and their position. Otherwise, they would be doing backflips. Here's this guy walking around during the feast, and people who have been crippled for 40 years are now walking and dancing around. But they're not interested in that. They want Jesus dead because he threatens their power and their position. So therefore did the Jews persecute Jesus and sought to slay him because he had done these things on the Sabbath day. Verse 17. But Jesus answered them, My father worketh hitherto, and I work. Therefore the Jews sought the more to kill him because he not only had broken the Sabbath, by the way, not literally broken the Sabbath, not according to Torah, but according to their rabbinical man-made laws, but said also that God was his father, making himself equal with God. Then answered Jesus and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the son can do nothing of himself, but what he seeth the father do, for what things soever he doeth also, these also doeth the son likewise. For the Father loveth the Son, and showeth him all things that himself doeth. And he will show him greater works than these, that you may marvel. For as the Father raises up the dead, and quickeneth them, even so the Son quickeneth whom he will. For the Father judges no man, but hath committed all judgment unto the Son. That all men should honor the Son, even as they honor the Father. He that honoreth not the Son honoreth not the Father which hath sent him. In other words, Jesus is saying, if you don't acknowledge the Son, you don't acknowledge the Father. Like you can't you can't have one without the other. Right? Furthermore, the Father has committed all judgment to the Son. What do the people cry in the book of Revelation chapter six when uh, when all the chaos starts. Hide us from the wrath of the Lamb. 
continuing on. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word, and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life, and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death to life. Jesus is saying, when you believe on him, you move from the place where you were dead, with no hope, no future, and you move into life. Verse 26, For as the Father hath life in himself, so hath he given to the Son to have life in himself, and hath given him authority to execute judgment also, because he is the Son of Man. So now the Pharisees are really getting riled up. Not only did he break their Sabbath man-made laws, he's now made himself equal with God, saying that he is the Son of God, and that not only that, that he has all authority to raise people from the dead, to judge, all of these things. Twenty, Verse 28, Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice, and shall come forth, they that have done good unto the resurrection of life, and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. See, everybody's going to be raised from the dead. Non-believers, believers alike. Some are going to be raised into eternal life for their faith and trust in Christ. And they've done the will of the Father as a result of their faith. And then those who have rejected salvation, rejected God, and lived wickedly, they're going to be resurrected from the grave also, only they're being resurrected to damnation. Verse 30. I can of my own self do nothing as I hear. I judge, and my judgment is just because I seek not my own will, but the will of the Father which has sent me. If I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. There is another that bear witness of me, and I know that the witness which he witnessed of me is true. He's talking about John the Baptist, verse 33. You sent unto John, and he bear witness unto the truth. But I receive not testimony from man, but these things I say that ye might be saved. He was a burning and shining light, and ye were willing for a season to rejoice in his light. But I have a greater witness than that of John... For the works which the Father hath given me to finish, the same works that I do bear witness of me that the Father has sent me. In other words, Jesus is saying, these miracles that I'm doing are the witness. But their eyes are blind, aren't they? Verse 37, And the Father himself, which hath sent me, hath borne witness of me. You have neither heard his voice at any time, nor seen his shape. They're saying, you religious leaders, you've never heard the voice of God. You don't know God. And you have not his word abiding in you. For whom he hath sent him, you believe not. You see, Jesus is saying, if you don't see who I am, if you can't acknowledge me, then the word of God doesn't really abide in you. And in fact, you don't even know God. And my friends, that is true today. Anyone who doesn't know Jesus has no clue about the Father. No one. If you reject Christ, you reject the Father. Plain and simple. So be careful who you're learning from. If they don't acknowledge the Savior, they're not to be 
uh, entrusted for knowledge in regards to the Bible. These are Jesus' words, not mine. And if you have not his word abiding in you, for whom he hath sent him, you believe not. Verse 39. Search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and, the, they, which t- and they are they that which testify of me. And you will not come to me that you might have life. I receive not honor from men, but I know you, that you have not the love of God in you. I am come in my Father's name, and you receive me not. If another shall come in his own name, him you will receive. How can you believe which receive honor one of another, and seek not the honor that cometh from God only? Do not think that I will accuse you to the Father. There is one that accuseth you, even Moses, in whom you trust. For had you believed Moses, you would have believed me, for he wrote of me. But if you believe not his writings, how shall you believe my words? Jesus telling the religious leaders, I'm not the one who's going to condemn you. It's going to be Moses who condemns you. Why? Because that's where you've put your trust. You believe you have eternal life because of your study of the words of Moses. But what you don't realize is all those words that you claim to focus on and trust in. Which, by the way, Jesus is not saying that the Torah is bad. We should all be studying Scripture. But he's saying you can't even see that the things that he was writing about point at me. And so if you believe not even Moses' words, whom you claim such high authority, how could you believe my own words? For if you, had, if you had believed Moses, you would believed me, for he wrote of me. The very standard that they said is the one they'll be condemned by. And that, my friends, is the gospel according to John chapter 5. I hope you've been challenged this morning. I hope you can see that your actions matter. If you still think your actions don't matter, you need to go read the scriptures more. You need to study them further and stop listening to men and start looking at the word of God and taking it for what it actually says. Many people, they sit in a church and they listen to a man speak and a lot of, you know, sometimes the pastor is preaching truth. Sometimes the pastors are ignorant and people are walking out of churches ignorant because they haven't committed themselves to be good Bereans and study the scriptures daily to see whether these things are true. You need to be in the word and there's no excuse for it. There's no I don't have time. There's only I'm not interested (laughs) in making time. I maybe sound like I'm being harsh today, but we're living in a time when we need to stop messing around and start getting serious about the things of God. It's time to focus and pay attention 
Take responsibility for your own faith and for your own understanding and your own knowledge of the things of the Lord. Thanks for listening, friends. Please consider supporting this mission of truth. You can do that by going to scriptureandprophecy.com. At the top, there's a donate and support button. But more importantly, please pray for the protection over the podcast and uh, that God's will would be done through it. Pray that I would receive the proper wisdom that I need to do this job right. Thank you for tuning in this morning. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless.